Good evening, everyone. It's Pastor Jay Morgan, Director of the Appalachia Prayer Center Ministries and West Virginia Prayer Alliance. Thank you for watching today uh, this episode of Stay Focused. I'm going to go real quick and jump right into it. I got a lot of things I want to share with you as normal. Um, we have been talking the last this week, the last several episodes, um, on the role, uh, the various aspects of the church uh, during crisis. I just want to kind of mention this uh, because uh, these uh, episodes will be um, uploaded as a podcast soon. Some of you have already been asking me about that. I hope to have the podcast up and running through the weekend. Been a pretty busy ministry week here. Um, but we hope to have that podcast up and running through the weekend. I've talked about the role of the uh, fivefold ministry during crisis, the role of the church during crisis, and any other time. Yesterday, I talked about um, the important, vital role of prayer during crisis and 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 um, at all times as well. I'm going to pick that uh, uh, subject up today and talk a little bit more about a subject I'm calling uh, communion with God. I'm going to jump to that into just a minute, but I, I want to kind of, uh, for purposes, for future purposes, I want to just briefly mention what's going on in the world at the time of the recording of this. Uh, podcast. It is March 27, 2020. The world is in the middle of a, uh, a, a pandemic. 150 plus nations of the world is uh, struggling with a disease called COVID-19 brought about by a novel coronavirus. Um, right now, at the time of this recording, the U.S. is by and large quarantined. Essential businesses in many states only. Uh, West Virginia, where I am from, it's essential businesses in operation only. Uh, numerous people are sick. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world. And in response to that, a ministry I lead, uh, West Virginia Prayer Alliance, uh, we launched this week, uh, coming into uh, just the first few days of this this. Uh, nationwide quarantine, we launched an initiative called Hope and Light WV, wherein we are having people go live with worship and intercession and teaching and encouragement and preaching the gospel. Uh, nearly 12 hours a day has been going five days uh, now all over the state of West Virginia. We, we have a wonderful team. I've talked about this in detail in previous uh, episodes, but I just wanted to mention it. By the way, we have had over 50 people, uh, about 53 people contribute this week to Hope and Light. I'm not talking about people who watch in and listen. I'm talking about 53 different people across the state of West Virginia, either leading worship, teaching, or, or, or praying. Uh, yesterday, I just want to give a shout out to what God is doing in the state of West Virginia through the West Virginia Prayer Alliance. Uh, yesterday, I began talking about the crucial role of prayer, and I shared with you a, um, a word I felt was from God about the season we're in and then the season that uh, I believe will follow. Now, I have a lot of new things to get into today uh, on the subject of communion with God, and I'm not going to finish it all today. And so Monday at 6 o'clock, I will be talking uh, a little more in depth about prayer. And uh, I just want to give you a little um, uh, a setup for Monday. I'm going to be talking about how um, your true assignment uh, many people consider that prayer really isn't doing anything, and and I want to I want to tell you that prayer is doing a lot. But for for those of uh, for those of you who really need uh, more uh, 
person-to-person type ministry and you're trying to discern what God is, wants from you, tune in Monday because I want to share some life-changing principles on how to find your assignment from God. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I, I, this is the, the principles I'm going to share on Monday have revolutionized my life and changed everything I know about ministry. So uh, I, I want to just give you a, a setup for Monday. Today, though, I want to talk about uh, having communion with God. And as I, as I begin this, though, I, I want to repeat something that I uh, uh, shared at the end yesterday. I believe the season that we're in right now is comparable to the parable that Jesus taught on the ten bridesmaids or, or the ten virgins, and these were a, this was a wedding party that was preparing and anticipating a, a bridegroom. In Jewish culture, as I've been told, in Jewish culture, a a wedding feast would last several days, and in the middle of those days, uh, unannounced, the bridegroom would show up to take his bride from her father's house to, to his house. And, and, and bridegrooms would like to um, uh, just be mischievous about this. They would wait till everyone's asleep. Sometime in these several days, you didn't know the day or time he was coming, and boom, he would show up. Well, this wedding party, uh, these, these, um, these 10 bridesmaids, uh, their, their job was to light the way for the bridegroom if he were to come in the middle of the night, which he typically did, and take his bride to his, to his home. So um, as Jesus tells a story, they were all sleeping, and then uh, suddenly the, the sound went out and the bridegroom was coming, and they, they all got up and uh, went to meet the bridegroom, but five of them realized that they had ran out of oil. They had no oil in their lamps. Now, but five of them, as Jesus talks about it, had brought extra oil with them. So the bridegroom had tarried long, and a lot of people's oil had dried up. Now, this is what I believe the Lord is telling me. I just want to get into this again before I jump into communion with God, because it's a good setup. I believe this is a season... Uh, see, I believe the church world has been asleep for, for, for a while now. I believe it's been asleep. I think in this um, particular season that we're in, uh, we're seeing a bit of a uh, small spiritual awakening, spiritual interest in in people, I think because of the crisis and the uncertainty. And I think it's going to continue, uh, particularly once this quarantine is lifted. I think you're just going to see a natural uptick in church life as uh, this is how I feel. I'm not saying this, this is a word from God. This is how I feel. Uh, you're going to see a natural uptick in church life because, um, you know, people are going to be happy to get out of the house and around people, even if reluctant at first. But then I think that people will settle back into a deep sleep. And then without warning, revival, which is what we're contending for, that's what we're calling the, I'm not referring to the, to the, uh, the return of Christ where he comes and all things are made new and it's a culmination of history. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about using that, that parable as a framework of God moving and coming to a community through revival. Now, I, I believe that many of us have been contending for revival and praying for it for a long time. So I believe here's what the Lord is saying. That right now is a time of stirring. And then, then people are going to realize uh, this isn't maybe the big thing. 
and then they're going to go back to sleep. But for some of us, it's time of stirring. We will check the oil level in our lamps, and we'll realize we need some oil. And so before we settle back down, we're going to go get it. Because what happened is uh, in the parable Jesus taught, when the bridegroom finally did come, some had extra, then others ran and scrambled to get it. And by the time they showed up, the wedding party went on, the door had been closed. And, and so this, isn't, uh, this is not me talking about, you know, people going to, uh, you going to hell. I, what I'm talking about is that there's an opportunity in front of you for you to participate in revival. And right now is a time for you to get extra oil in your lamps. So when that revival does break out, you don't have to scramble looking for power. Because if you scramble then, it'll be too late. And I just hope you're hearing what I'm saying. I didn't mean to go back into it in detail, but I just really want to, to underline that. Because how do you get oil in your, your lamps? How do you get that extra oil? Because I'm going to tell you, this is the time to get extra oil. Extra oil of the Holy Spirit, His presence and power in your life. So then when people settle back to sleep in a few months and you're tempted to fall back asleep, and then, boom, God begins working, you don't have to scramble because you're... Does this make sense? I hope this makes sense to you. So what I want to talk about today uh, is how to... Get that oil. Now, see, Jesus had this relationship with the Father. I, I, I want to put a verse up, and I want to read it. Notice it's John 5, 19 through 20. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Now, I want you to notice that. He does only what he sees the Father doing. See, Jesus had this keen connection with the Lord to where he could literally see what God was doing. And Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I see my Father doing it. Another time he said, I, hear, I speak what I hear my Father saying. My question to you is how do we cultivate that type of relationship where we only do what the Father is doing and only say what the Father is saying? How can we be so sure that we know exactly what the Father is saying and doing in any particular point in time? Because notice this, Jesus would be in a situation where there would be hundreds of people grappling, pushing around him. And in that moment, he had this keen awareness that would simply tell him in the middle of all the confusion, look up. And then he looked up and he saw the father at work and a man named Zacchaeus in the tree. Does that make sense? So with all of these people pushing and all the crowd, all the noise, how was Jesus able to discern with laser perception exactly what the father wanted and what the father was saying? Or crowds pushing around Jesus, and he could feel one touch his garment. And they even said, well, Lord, many people, he said, who touched me? They all oh, many people are touching you. No, 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 this one was different. How did Jesus have this keen spiritual sense and insight? Well, I think you discover in Jesus' regular practice because it said that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus had this connection with the Father. And some of you say, I know, but Jesus Jesus was Jesus, you know, the Son, second person of the Trinity. And no, 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 you have to understand when Jesus was on earth, he taught us how to live as humans 
that were reborn. He taught us how to live as sons and daughters of God. This word, Jesus' life and teachings, is our example. And Jesus taught us how to live as reborn sons and daughters. He taught us how to listen to the Father, how to discern the will of the Father, how to see what the Father is doing. Jesus modeled with his lifestyle how sons and daughters should live. So how is it that Jesus had this keen awareness it's because he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed by himself, the secret place. I've seen it posted so much this week that the Lord is saying, come to the secret place. So I want to talk to you about the secret place of communion with God. It's a word uh, that, uh, that I'm going to use for that is communion. Let me give you a definition. I'm going to put it up on the screen. Communion, the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. Let that sink in. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. I would say that Jesus had deep communion with the Father. On a spiritual and mental level, he could discern and hear the Father moving, working, and speaking at any point in time, and then he knew, he knew what to do, and he knew how to respond. Let me explain something to you. Jesus could, could discern the voice of the Father in the crowd because Jesus had learned the tone of the Father's voice in the secret place. I want to say it again. Jesus could discern the Father's voice in a crowd because he had learned the tone of the Father's voice in the secret place. It's like my wife. My, my wife and I, we've been married over 25 years now. And there can be, and my wife is a, is a quiet person. And there, I can be in a whole crowd of people and, and just dozens of people talking and my back to my wife. But I can discern her voice. It cuts through if she's in the room. Why? That that didn't happen by being in crowds with my wife for 25 years. That type of awareness of her voice happened because of years and years of intimate conversations alone with her to where I developed a, an awareness of the tone of her voice so that it cuts to the crowd. I hope this is making sense. Guys, here's what I'm saying to you. There's no shortcut to this. There's not a shortcut. I mean, I, I, I mean, you you probably want the five easy steps. Uh, maybe you even want the fifty dollar deal to where you know I can just charge you fifty bucks, or and and you can pay fifty bucks, and I can just impart this into you. Or maybe you just want me to lay hands on you, and then all of a sudden you can discern and listen. Listen, listen, it's not going to happen that way. There's you cannot microwave this. This is a crock pot issue. Communion with God develops in a crock pot manner. This is not microwave. It's not, what's the new Instapot? There's no Instapot to this. It's a long, simmering, saturating process to where you learn the Father's voice. I, I, wanna, I want to uh, take you to, to something else real quick. Okay. There is an old word called uh, tarry, and it's often translated to wait. But, but there's more to it than waiting. I, let, let me explain. Let me put, the, put it up on the screen. The word tarry uh, comes from the, the Greek word kathizo, kathizo. And 
It literally means to make to sit down, to have fixed one's abode, to dwell. See, in Scripture, and notice this, Luke 24, 49, he told the disciples, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay into the, in the city. That word stay there is cathizo. Old English translates it, Terry. Stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city. Are, are you getting this? Cathizo. To make to sit down. So Jesus said, you need to go back to Jerusalem and settle down. See, we want instant, 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 instant. But Jesus said you will be clothed with power if you learn how to cathizo. Now notice this. This is a key important phrase. He didn't tell the disciples go back to Galilee. He didn't say go back to your hometown. He didn't say go back to your house. He said go back to Jerusalem. Notice what the disciples were doing the last time they were in Jerusalem. They were witnessing Jesus being killed and they were fleeing in terror. Are you getting this? They were fleeing. And so Jesus, now get this, get this. And this excites me. Jesus said to them, go back to that place of trauma and crisis and learn to settle down in my presence and you will be endued with power. I hope you're getting this. In the middle, in the middle of crisis, Jesus says, learn to settle down. That word cathizo is the same word that's used when it said Jesus sat and taught them for three days. Cathizo. In other words, it literally means to be seated. We, 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 this, that's a buzz phrase in, in, in the world, in Christian circles today. Learn to be seated in Christ. Learn to be seated. I would say, you know how you learn to be seated? Sit down and be still. Being seated isn't just saying, I'm seated, I'm seated, I'm seated, frantically. Being seated is getting in the secret place in the middle of the worst traumatic time of your life and learning to discern His voice. And abide. You, we all know this. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. And what is it? Seek my face. Seek my face. I, let me let me just say it again. Seek my face. There's a searching. There's a pressing. There's a waiting associated with this. And you know, we show up and have two minutes. The Lord hasn't moved, and we're just bored. We, you know, we're on our phones. We're going to something else. Settle down. Cathizo. Jesus told them, I will baptize you with power. I wish I would have put this Greek word up, baptizo. Now, the NASB, and I mentioned this yesterday, I want to say it again. An NASB commentary makes a distinction between two Greek words used for, for, to, for baptism, which is to immerse. One is a quick, it's a quick dip. But the second one, baptizo, refers to like a soaking, a marinating. Think about this. It's not a quick dip. It's a soaking. And, uh, and the, the NASB uh, commentary refers to um, an ancient poet who described this process as pickling. It's like when you take, like, let's take a cucumber and you put it in the pickling solution and you baptizo it. It's not a quick dip. It's literally a soaking, a marinating. You can't speed this process up. It's a marinating in the presence of God. It's a soaking. And I'm going to give you some tips in the final minutes on how to soak and marinate in his presence. 
because for many of this is new. Man, everything is quick, 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 fast, 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 and we don't know what to do. So the rest of the day, even some more Monday, maybe on into Tuesday, I'll talk to you and teach you how to to baptize, to soak, to marinate. And so literally, when the disciples learned how to cathizo in Jerusalem or settle down, th th listen, I'm not talking about quiet church. I'm talking about a posture of your heart that's not frantic and freaking out, but literally in the middle. No, notice this, notice this. Okay, same principle. When Jesus called Peter to walk on the water, he did not take him down to the local Y to a little to a kiddie pool with a foot of calm water and give him water walking lessons. No, Peter was a fisherman. Peter was used to water, but in the worst storm of his life when he was freaking out, that's when Jesus said, step out on the water and walk with me. I'm not talking to you to defy, you know what government is saying, just go, just go be around people and touch people with, 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 with disease. Listen to me carefully. What I am telling you is that in the worst storm of your life, Jesus wants you to learn how to focus on him and have extreme confidence that you will say exactly what he's saying and do exactly what he's doing. And you know how to focus on him in the middle of that storm because you have learned how to have communion with God and there's an intermingling of thoughts, ideas on a mental and spiritual state. And folks, what I'm telling you is that this doesn't come from just uh, 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 30 minutes. Of, uh, and I love to sing off the screen, but this doesn't come from 30 minutes of singing off the screen and a good message. No, 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 no. This is deep secret place soaking, marinating in the Holy Spirit. Is anybody in the room with me? Please, if you understand what I'm saying, let me know. So when I talk about uh, spending time with God, uh, I'm not just talking about talk, 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 talk to God. I'm talking about talking to God and he listens, but then sometimes he talks and I listen Sometimes neither one of us talk. We just sit, put on a little worship music, anointed worship music, and sit in his presence and soak and marinate. Guys, you have a perfect time to do it right now. This is how you get the extra oil. Use the time. Pastors, I talked to a group of pastors last night. All of us have said that during this crisis, actually there's been an uptick of work for us. But I want to say to all church leaders, use this time too to soak in extra oil of the Holy Spirit. And so learn to sit, and I'm going to give you a few things. Learn to sit in his presence. Psalms 46 and 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Enjoy the peace of God. Philippians 4 and 7, get in a peaceful place of worship and breathe and enjoy his peace. Don't rush. Don't swim back to shore too soon. Sit and soak. Focus your mind on Jesus. If you're not sure what to do, listen, I'm teaching you how to soak in the presence. I'm going to take about two more minutes on this. Focus your mind on Jesus. Focus on the cross. Breathe. Quiet your spirit. Allow Jesus to speak to your heart. If there's verses that's coming up in your mind, Meditate on them. Meditate on Scripture. Here's how you soak. Listen for His voice. Listen to the nudges in your heart. He might even give you visions. You might see pictures, but maybe you don't even understand. But 
I tell people a lot of times when I'm soaking with the Lord in deep communion with the Lord, sometimes I talk, he listens. Sometimes he talks, I listen. Sometimes we just sit in each other's presence just like with someone you love. Sometimes, I know this is a little freaky for some of you, but sometimes he just says, Jay, let me show you things. And he'll show it, show you mysteries. I said, we'll just binge watch visions. And I don't even understand it all. And some people are like, how do you know it's the Lord? Because if I ask Jesus for bread, if I ask Jesus for bread, he's not going to give me a stone. If I ask him for fish, he's not going to give me a serpent. And so I just let him speak. And many things, I just ponder it. I write it down in my journal. It's not for me to go share with the world. I just ponder it in my heart. And I learn to hear his voice. And many times he'll tell me things and I'll write it down. And then later, other people are saying it or it comes true. And then I say, oh, okay. That's the voice of God that I've learned to hear in the secret place. And so then I began to, to distinguish his tone by writing things down, he tells me, and then I just watch and listen. And when I'm right, I say, okay, how was that sense? How was that different from times I was wrong? And then I begin to, to discern that and notice, see, I'm teaching you how to hear the tone of God's voice. Be alone with him. Shut the door. Talk a little bit and listen. Communion isn't just you talking, but it's listening. Enjoy the peace. Don't rush it. Focus on Jesus. Listen to what he might say. Pay attention even to, to images or thoughts or nudges. Write them down. Compare them later. Here's how you develop oil, because I promise you this, that when you're in the throes of revival, you are going to need to know how to discern the voice of God in the middle of the crowd. And people saying this or this and that, you will know. I hope that this has been a benefit to you. There's much, much more I want to share. I'm going to pick up some more things on Monday. I'm going to talk about how he gives us assignments in the secret place. So I want to encourage you to share this with others. As a matter of fact, if you go to the West Virginia Prayer Alliance page and go to our videos, you can find a video playlist called Stay Focused, and you can get all the episodes of what I've taught this week. And I, I love you guys, and I just pray that you will take this time to get alone in the secret place and soak in his presence, get extra oil, so that even when the rest of the world goes back to spiritual sleep and the bridegroom starts moving, boom, you're ready. Because it won't be time to get it then. Learn his voice now, so when the crowds push in, you know exactly what he's saying. God bless you. I love you. If this has been a blessing to you, like, share, and um, uh, start a watch party. Share it with other people that needs to grow in the secret place. Now, as I end, I want to encourage you to go back over to the West Virginia Prayer Alliance page. Pastor Rich and some guys from his church will be leading us in some worship. Pastor Rich later on tonight is going to be preaching the gospel. So I would encourage you to share that video with people that need to hear the gospel. He's going to preach. He's going to preach to the church. He's going to preach to the lost. I appreciate you. I appreciate your support of Hope and Light WV. And we love you guys.